Fuck. All right, let's we're rolling. Rolling. Planet B presents 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 Cult and Culture Podcast. All right, welcome to episode 17 of the Cult and Culture Podcast. This is Justin Pearson. This is Luke Hinshaw. This episode features um, our friends in Black Dice, um, longtime f- fan of the band and the people. Uh, I've toured with them with fuck, met with the Locust first, and then and then I think I, all other retalks. I've played a bunch of shows with them, and um, also like known them through their incarnations of all the lineups and stuff, and was. Lucky enough to release a single on 31G by them, mm. which is a pretty insane 40-page full-color book, um, which nice. we'll talk about. Um, yeah, so it was cool to have Eric, Bjorn, and Aaron on the show. Um, they they played a show in San Diego for their their uh, in support of their new record, and it was great to catch up with them. Well, hi, this is Bjorn from Black Dice, and Eric. And this is Aaron from Black Dice. Cool. Well, I w- I wanted to like kind of do like a journey of of of, sure. of my <laughs> relationship with you guys or my yeah I, I guess my my sort of view of of Black Dice um, if that's okay yeah, it's okay. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, and it's it's funny because like I kind of explained it to Luke earlier too it's like. Um, I have all, like all these things were like before I ever even met you guys. I, all these things. Well, I mean, I knew you before, obviously. So that was a, that was like a crazy like having you join the band. I mean, it was like it was awesome. I mean, it was already awesome before, but I, before you guys ever came out here, there was like this sort of like folklore about you guys like being violent and you know all this like wild shit. And you know, I mean, the, I think I think I could I can kind of relate to it because the locust sort of had a little bit of that too, or yeah. like. Um, not that you guys are violent or that the locusts were, but it was always like just shit happened and it was bad. And it was kind of crazy because the first time I saw you guys play was at the Che. And I remember everyone was frightened of you mainly. And everyone was like, <laughs> you know, out in the, in the circle and, 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 um, you know, I don't know what you were like. I don't think you were like swinging your mic around or anything, but you brought this chair out there and people thought you were going <laughs> to fucking hit him with the chair, you know? <laughs> but the worst of it, I guess, you know, worst of it in quotations was that you ended up, I think, breaking the mic and then sticking the mic cable up your ass and there was like shit all over it. <laughs> I doubt there was shit all over it. There was. Because... <laughs> Do you guys know Jay? Um, Huff? Red Jay. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the sound engineer, and he was like, he was like, for one, like a normal human being would be like, fuck that band for putting shit on them. But he was like, you know, he was the, he was the sound person at that he show. I think to us and charge us fifteen dollars. Yeah. Oh. For the cable, which was right. <laughs> yeah. To do. But I remember him be like, I'm really sorry, but yeah, it's it's like a twenty foot ta- yeah. cable. Like yeah. I need fifteen dollars. It's just kind of crazy how high stakes a show with like twenty people at it seemed at. Yeah, the time where you would end up overselling things so you get hurt at the show or somebody else gets just things that seem like big deals now. I'm just sort of like, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but shits about that. it was crazy because I think, I mean, it's pre-internet, so I think everyone had this like idea, like, oh fuck, it's gonna be a thing, like almost like seeing Gigi Allen or something. You're just like, what are we gonna do? Like, yeah. be you know, like get like positioned in the venue where you won't get hurt or won't get. <laughs> shit on you and it was great that it ended in that it was like not violent at all except there was just shit on the mic cable and you're like it was such a rad and i mean this in a loving way but it was such a rad fuck you to like everything i feel like bjorn brings up that idea a lot though or has over the years where kind of the best 
there's a lot of progress that can be made by misinterpreting what you're interested in you know like like for instance i when i was a kid i always thought like that club culture like club kids it's kind of fascinating to Mm -hmm. me realistically i probably didn't want to be in those clubs with any of those people but like my right now i'm really into the grateful dead right now you are we won't bring it up okay but it's like something that i think i have a fantasy about more than i think about if i had to be there you had to hang out with those fuckers and eat falafel in the parking lot yeah that's <laughs> spin around but forever. i feel like that's i remember when we heard about the locust it was a similar thing like it, i feel like the imagination of it was, was part of it when it know? sucked being behind you guys on tour because just like felt like your shows were well attended <laughs> people were psyched bought lots of merch and stuff and it seemed like there was a lot of years where we were like coming in the next week and people just like fucking locust show was amazing but we been, we did a show together at Chain Reaction, and I remember like we were so psyched, and it felt so good for us, and 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 I think you guys like we felt like a fucking team. And yeah, then yeah. There, but I mean, no offense, to Orange County, but fuck Orange County, and everyone was like <laughs> freaked out by you guys. Uh, that we was were, that was a that was a cool show. That was though. a rough I mean, one too, because Aaron was friends with the sound guy, and then we got into an altercation yeah, with him. Yeah, Rusty, who's doing the sound. Rusty from the Shock. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was, was a, pissed at you guys. He was yeah. he hated us, and it was it was it was it was really tough for me because he had like recorded like a Titari record, yeah. and like I was like friends with him, you know, when when we were in L.A. and stuff like yeah. that. And it was like I hey, was rolling back with. Wait, this he new... recorded a Titari record? Yeah, yeah, the seven inch. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was at his house. Yeah. Okay, so wait, so but obvi- but also too, like you joining the band was so rad because. I never, I never met your the previous bass player. Like, I think he played that show at the Che, but I didn't, I didn't barely knew you guys. I think, yeah, I don't even know if we had discussed like the record with Three One G yet. I don't think so, because that seemed like it came like a tiny bit after we would have met. We played at uh, ABC, didn't we? Yes, and then we were like, and you stayed at my place. Remember that in New York? Yeah, yeah, in Brooklyn. Oh, I never it was show. like, but it was like, well, you guys it was actually play, your place. It was actually Eric's place. It wasn't. I had just moved it. I didn't oh, even know yeah. how to get there. Yeah. I was like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I've never been in a yeah, car yeah. before in New York. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know how to get there. But you had to play under a fake name too. Um, oh, you weren't allowed to play. You were like already banned from there, I think, or something. Because I remember, I remember, like, dude, no one's gonna come out to see us. And Black Dice is playing. And I forgot what your fake name was. White Mice, something like that. Maybe something like that. All right, but remember. but that but I think the the because yeah, I don't we don't have a flyer for this show, and that might be why because I, I was wondering about that because I remember the show but like yeah I've never seen a flyer for it. Yeah. Anyhow, but that was um, it was so, it, like I already loved the band and and especially because of the Gravity Records connection stuff mm-hmm. it just it it was awesome and then and then when you when, you know it's like oh now you guys got the guy from Titari like that was some, <laughs> that's like next level shit like you made it like not to you know because there is a coastal difference sort of you know like you yes. and 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 it was nice to like have Black Dice become a, a West, West coasty Coast. kind of thing you know like that was wasn't also crazy that you could book a tour a tour just on the promise that you had a seven inch coming out on Gravity like we got shows. From, like nobody had heard the record and, yeah um it's just kind of crazy to think that you could book a month of shows on but, i mean they certainly were not always the highest quality of shows gigs, yeah but, like but, but, that, but that was enough and you got out to the coast and back we made it made it back and forth but that i think like at that time or that i don't know what you, what was that like mid to late 90s i mean that like, like being 90s. on gravity was the shit like you know like you that's like yeah. the pinnacle like you were 
Yeah, I think we had like, I think we sent out a tape to Gravity and then one to Vermiform. And then Sam just never got back. But then the next time I <laughs> yeah. saw him, he's like, what happened? I, re- I really like the tape. I was like, you didn't write back. So yeah. we just did it with, with yeah. that. But I remember being secretly jealous of Landed because that was that, I, there were more things on Vermiform that I probably would listen to today. Yeah. Just like, it was more fucked up in but, general. But I think Vermiform and... Maybe maybe Gravity was kind of the vermiform of the West Coast ish. I mean, I don't want to compare them to, but they both had like this sort of like parallel universe thing happening. Seemed like you it. Know. Or what was that other label from out here that did a lot of weird? They did that series of like chipboard seven inches that were all like kind of Japanese noise. Vinyl, Vinyl communication. Oh yeah, yeah. Chula that Vista. Was, yeah. yeah. I've I've never seen that, and we had him on our. I think he, Bob was on our first pod, first podcast. Yeah, that's he's my plumber. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so yeah, cool. I love that. Yeah, that label had some cool, cool. St- I think there was a men's recovery project. Yep. One. I think he recorded the, the Honda Tarash one is fucking sick. Yeah. What is, is a Honda Tarash, like uh, seven inch? Oh, I don't even know that one. Yeah. I think there's the who's the. Fuck it. Who's the band from San Diego? Lights everything on fire and oh, crash, crash, warp. crash warp. Yeah, I think they were. That was like the worst. He, I mean, he, he did like uh, <laughs> he did you know like a heroin seven inch yeah. before before gravity and stuff. So, so that to me that <laughs> label seemed like kind of a weird. I don't know. I mean, vinyl communications and and gravity were kind of not like intertwined, but they like all the early gravity stuffs recorded at vinyl communications and like oh shit it, mm-hmm. there was a lot of like uh cross like cross yeah. pollination same but same with men's recovery project coming through and born against like they yeah. were, they all like it all kind of made sense it made the it made the world seem like smaller i guess you know well and i think we also found out like pretty early on not coming from a hard i mean i guess aaron came from more of a hardcore background but it didn't take too many years of playing shows with just hardcore bands to realize that that wasn't really our world yeah like a great hardcore band (laughs) i love but a mediocre one i got no time time for and it just seemed like after a while you were looking for clues to other weird or left to center music that maybe had the same kind of spirit to it but wasn't like playing by the ebullition rule book yeah something like that so you were hip to the ebullition world i guess Kinda, or I guess a you could. A little bit. Not we played the pickle patch. We played right? the pickle patch. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so you were on Steve Aoki's radar. We have a photo of Steve Aoki <laughs> standing in the back. Yeah. Of it. Like that place was just his Our living room. Yeah, 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 with, yeah. Did you live there also? No, I know. Okay. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I played there, but, but never. Did we, there. Did we play? We might have played there together with like Get Hustle. Yeah, or something. and everybody fucking hated all of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they Tell Get Hustle and Locust. Like, yeah. And I think like I think we were like. We all jumped on like, uh, uh, you know, his what was it? Um, his hero is gone show or something. That was that was like the cool shit that everyone liked, and uh-huh. there was all like fucked up bands that people hated, you know. And we're like, that's cool. His hero is gone. That dude used to work at the pizza place in Providence. They were, <laughs> they I thought they were yeah. pretty good. No, I, we were psyched too. Yeah, but they were like they were accepted, and and everybody else wasn't. I mean, yeah. definitely get hustle. They're just like, what the fuck is this piano shit, you know? And like. That was a rough one. It was, it did not, I mean, we really were not embraced in general by, like, the world of hard, but you, hardcore. But would you consider, like, the start of, I mean, not the start, like, the first half? I, I see Black Dice as, like, two, if that's a, if that's not offensive, two things, sort of. And maybe the shift was when 
you guys got rid of drums, right? Kind of? Because you were still pretty... It was definitely musical in a non... It was. It become like a little bit more open-ended musically, I think, before Hisham left. But for me, it's sort of like one band up through like the Trouble Man stuff. And then... What was the last Trouble Man thing? The 10-inch? I think so. Well, then... He did Cold Hands too, I think. At least the CD of it. I think Ketchup Plate did the vinyl. But uh, do you know that one? It's like four songs. It's got like a drone, yeah, like song on it and stuff. So that that's like more approaching like a noise. There was kind like of a, approach. There was like a bridge between the two. Yeah, we recorded that with uh, Dave Portner from okay. Animal Collective actually at his house. But also too, I remember like seeing photos of you guys playing in a greenhouse, and I was like, oh, that that's like. Oh, yeah. Kind of next level weirdo shit where, where where you're like not necessarily the violent hardcore band that people made you out to be. Like you're no. playing in a fucking greenhouse. Like that was. I mean, there was just like, that kind of coincided that show with sort of the, this moment where it seemed like every press, every magazine was doing an article on New York. Oh yeah, like because like, of liars post, and yeah, post nine yeah, eleven. Yeah, sort of. There was just like a lot of New York pride and like sort of New York spirit. And so you would like get that. in. Stupid magazine articles yeah. with bands that you didn't have anything in like, common. Would be like us with Devendra and The Strokes, yeah. and, and it'd be like a Moldy Peaches or, or something, yeah, or yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, it's so weird. So I felt like there was a good couple of years where, well, plus Hisham too, because he had like the fashion ins and whatnot. Uh-huh. So like that was something that like sort of just seemed like it just happened, like from my perspective. But then like when he wasn't in the band anymore that stuff didn't happen at all, you know? So, like, you know, he was always kind of, like, you know, friends (laughs) with people that were doing magazines, and, you know, my friend has this art show, my friend has this fashion show, or, you know, something like that. So there was a lot of stuff that it just kind of seemed like it was happening, but, like, you know, it was because of Hisham. I mean, he's, like, social media before social media, just, like, his person. You Uh know, he knew everybody, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's got the San Diego connection as well, you know? Yeah. And so it's weird because I feel like, you know, I, I, I love both, I guess, elements of, of Black Dice. And I think it's so awesome that you were able to, like, dominate each one. Not dominate, but, you know, like, kick ass in both, like, versions of the of the band. Even though there is the bridge and I think it's a linear thing. But, like, if you, it's kind of like the two parallels. Like, and, and I think that's hard for most bands to do. A lot of people can't do it. Thank you. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah cheers. Thank you. <laughs> we just, I mean, I think we just lucked out that we all enjoy... I mean, we're 25 years old this year. So the fact that, like, we're still friends with everybody who was in the band at any point, and then we still enjoy doing this. I mean, in some respects, for me, I feel like the last year and a half was sort of put a lot of stuff in perspective where kind of just reminded myself that like I'm actually just lucky to be able to do this shit like even if like you never make a dollar off of it or it's a pain in the ass to figure out how to coordinate to get together to get in a van and play a bunch of shows like it's still worth it so I feel like in a lot of respects we just have been like the pandemic made you appreciate things that we were taking for granted yeah, I mean, who knows how long that'll last. Like, I'm sure my attitude will fuck me. It's, yeah. It might be salty by the time we're done. But, uh, but no, it, it did make... I mean, there's periods where I'm just like, I would pay $300 to see, like, a mediocre band yeah. tonight. Like, even if it's some fucking 
whatever sublime cover yeah. band or something like that you heard of sublime would, cover yeah watch out that's that's right. san diego pride watch out dude, <laughs> dude the, the sublime behind the music is this is a heavy one really yeah, yeah. i don't know much yeah i know it's, i mean for us that's the, the equivalent of where we grew up would be fish like someone talking about yeah. fish is like hometown heroes yeah or, even though they weren't from maine but like where i can't get down with any of the yeah. aspect of that well, wait, let me throw you under the bus then. What's what's your deal with the the your newfound love for uh, the dead? The dead. I, 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 I've been <laughs> like working. current dead or just like liking the old stuff. No, because they're do. still right. They're still playing, right? That's dead and company. It's not okay. Yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Dead so. it's, it's only got like two original. I know. Movies. I know. It's weird. I, if it, I I appreciate that they do it. I because I think. A lot of people love it, and I think it kind of scratches an itch for certain people. Yeah. But I just do, I work at a desk most of the time now, and I need something. And I feel like I got into, like, big archives, and so The Dead was the first, and then I got into uh, the Sunra Orchestra. And then, but both of them, I feel like you can go for fucking ever, uh -huh. you know? Like, it's endless supplies of recordings, endless eras, endless, like, directions. I don't know. It's just like I feel like it's something I can wrap my brain around without having to like choose that much. Okay, so it's like discovering the Star Wars universe, and you can go, <laughs> <laughs> you can go like do whatever. In some ways, they're like superheroes in the dead. You know, yeah. it's like, and they're, you know, this I I shouldn't. These guys are gonna hate me, but I feel like I keep thinking that that that, that every generation has their dead, and I feel like Black Flag is kind of a dead band. And Fugazi was kind of a dead band. You know, like, these bands are kind of counterculture. Uh -huh. They have a community. They have, like, ticket prices that are affordable. They tore their ass off. Yeah. Everybody wants to see them. They're great at what they do, you know? And I don't know if that exists anymore. I don't know if bands are the same. I think you have to be young enough to, you know, do <laughs> some of that work. <laughs> yeah. but, to get your ass out of bed. But I know, all that stuff I kind of find fascinating with them. You know, they're like a counterculture that turned into a subculture that's that a success in i think it's book, a phenomenon you know? they're completely fascinating the fact that there's sort of like a criminal component to the whole organization yeah. and um and sort of like a lot of mad scientists involved in or i guess maybe just one but as far as just like developing gear and stuff for them yeah well i always tripped but, out on like the the like sort of parking lot aspect like yeah you know like it doesn't even like there's deadheads that I've met that like don't give a fuck about the music, you know, and I'm like, yeah. what do you, then what's the point? And they're like, you know, why why latch onto this thing? It's all, it is supposed to be about the music, but then maybe not, you know, maybe it's just kind of like the soundtrack for the culture. I also just with a lot of musical subcultures, I just don't feel like I was ever on like the right drugs for them. Like, there's a lot of like I don't know what drugs you have to be on to get into a fish show. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know what they the just fuck. played. I think like yesterday. Here? Yeah, in Chula Vista at the fucking amphitheater, uh, dude, like mean, two just... days ago or something. Yeah, or a lot of club music. I feel like is like that too. When at least growing up in Maine, if you played, if I heard eight hundred eight state or something like that, none of that would make sense yeah, at no, all. Because no place to put it in our culture. There, there was no places where people congregated at night. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea of having like coked up, eat up soundtrack to lubricate a specific type of social event like didn't make any sense at yeah. all and i think for us like there was it happened to be like kind of an interesting moment in providence when we were starting of kind of like 
I don't know, maybe music with kind of a bad, slightly bad attitude to it where the performances were all like over the top and uh -huh. dangerous and stuff like that. So those Can were, you like get reference it like Well like landed. Yeah. Like the Fort Thunder The world. whole Fort Thunder uh -huh. thing and then Airbon uh, radar and Six Finger Satellite yeah. and uh hydrogen terrors uh -huh. and stuff like that. So so I feel like for us like the biggest <clears throat> musical influences were not it wasn't like a scene of music that we grew up listening to. It was just sort of like knowing these people personally because you, you saw them around Providence yeah. and then going to see their their sort of fucked up shows. <laughs> um, but high quality. Yeah, really yeah. high quality. I, mean, I think I it set like the bar way too some high. Some of that force field stuff. Or, or, I mean, even having like a Brian Chippendale or like a what, Gabe... What's it? Your... Gabe Serbian? Both of those guys are like fucking superheroes, you know. Like they don't. Yeah, there's a lot of young, superhero you know, drummers like, in that era. Yeah, I like feel twenty like. years yeah. old, and I feel like they're professional athletes on yeah. top of being sort of nuts. Yeah. And, like, or who's that dude from out who plays in Earthless out here? Who was? Oh, in, Mario Rubicaba. Yeah. yeah, he seemed yeah. like the. It seemed like there's a couple West Coast dudes. Yeah, that, the Deerhoof guy. Yeah, like Mario's kind of fucked up in a good way because you're like, oh, you're a professional skater and you're like the rippingest drummer ever. And like, it's like, how do you get two super powers? Yeah, that's not fair. Yeah, I, like, I think about that You sometimes. get one, you don't get two. It's fucking bullshit. You're watching that Summer of Soul documentary. I don't know if you've seen uh, that so yet. Good. But there's parts of it where you're just like, this isn't fair. Like this one motherfucker shouldn't have this much talent. Yeah. Like this could be distributed to 200 people. Well, I would be still really good. Yeah. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. That exactly. was bullshit watching him play drums. I was like, dude. Yeah. What oh, the I know fuck that. That blew my fucking mind. I mean, I'll, the first record I ever bought was a Stevie Wonder record when I was like five. And, and I like Stevie Wonder enough as like a five year old. And I think he's, I, yeah, I like Stevie Wonder, but like I'd never, I didn't know that he could play like that on drums i was just like what Dude, he's a beast on everything and that's <laughs> fucking bullshit yeah no i think he's the drummer on like superstition and stuff no really? that's fuck superstition is jeff beck i think plays. what's he that maybe that in the city he's like he did one of his big hits like drumming you've seen it, that like stevie yeah. wonder clip on uh sesame street where he does superstition like yes. in front of mr hooper's <laughs> store but there's like one kid who just reminds me of what i picture aaron looking like as a a little kid who just got like this long mane who's just going like fucking ape shit yeah. on the fire escape i mean for that alone i feel like you have to be a stevie wonder fan just if you can get a six-year-old to look like they're about to tear the fire escape yeah. off they're so pumped yeah well how did how did you get like what happened with Titari? Like, did you guys break up and then you joined Black Dice, or did you move, or what happened? Yeah, so like I was I was doing Titari, and uh, like Jason had like a bit of a drug problem, and um, like you know he had to keep like leaving town to yeah. like see if he could clean up yeah. or get, get get his life together or whatever. And I just felt like I was like like maybe gonna blow it like just in life, you know? Yeah. Like, and I, I kind of felt like <laughs> I needed to. And you back. were with like. Mike Crane and, and Chris Athwell, like you're with like the worst. Of the oh, worst. dude, dude, I was so nuts. I mean, like, I mean, like those dudes were like the first people that like I met, like in LA, like you know, like we met at Jabberjaw, yeah. um, 
And uh, yeah, I worked with Mike Crane at like Gil Turner's in in, in Beverly Hills. That's the, al- the alcohol distributor or something. <laughs> it, no, it was like a it was like a swanky like Beverly Hills like West Hollywood oh. uh, liquor store. Yeah, yeah. And you would like deliver, deliver like, to the stars. Yeah. yeah, and they would all come in and stuff, and everyone's just like wasted like the whole time. Like you could work there, yeah. waste it. You just like have whatever you wanted like from the store yeah. to eat and drink, what and the fuck? it was the wildest time yeah and um and yeah and then you know like mike found this um like uh apartment in like uh, macarthur park did did you ever go there yeah yeah with the rehearsal studio in it like he found it in the recycler um and like some other band had lived there or something like that and so uh like i had the money because i had the job with him and so me and chris moved into that spot and then green and jason moved into the, a different apartment upstairs and uh and mike like slept in the closet or something yeah. like that like <laughs> yeah. uh and I, yeah and it just got real like it just got super seedy like you know we, we lived there for about a year yeah and shit just went bad off the rails yeah. completely so like and then like after a while like you know i'm mean, like meanwhile like titari like had like the gsl record and then um we even uh, made this other record, but it didn't <coughs> quite come out while we were a band still. And we like did some tour. We did like U.S. tours and stuff. We did like two U.S. tours, and like we were gonna do this like European tour, but we didn't have work permits, and they sent us back or whatever. But so like you already you went there and it didn't get in, dude. We went there, yeah. <laughs> like, it, was, it was it was wild, yeah. Uh, but but it's probably just as well. It was like the one tour that like if 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 I'd gone on it, yeah. like I might have died on it or something like it was just like it was it was too rugged i think but um but yeah so like so like yeah late late era titari it was just getting really scrappy you know like we we would play some shows and stuff but like there just wasn't enough going on and um i remember really liking new york and i was just like how can i get out to new york um and then i was like well maybe i need to go back to school and so like on a lark i just applied to film school NYU I was taking some classes at LACC and I got in and I was like fuck it I'm gonna do this yeah. and so like we recorded the last Titari record played the last Titari show it was at the smell in the valley and um like uh Chris Hathwell and uh Jimmy Hay came to the show and they were like oh you you, you should you should look up these dudes in Black Dice because uh-huh. they're really cool and like I had heard of the show at like the PCH club and stuff like that and I was like oh these guys sound awesome I, I, I didn't go to the shows or anything about her about them not that awesome like I was just I didn't have a car like at that time so like I couldn't just go to a show you yeah know, if I wanted to so like but I, I remember hearing about it that night like because all these people went to I think like uh <coughs> Jimmy and Chris went and um and so yeah, so I, I I got to NYU and 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 I was just like walking around the campus. I didn't know anyone. I had these guys' phone number in my pocket, but I hadn't called them yet. And I saw there was like a Black Dice show at NYU, and I was like, oh sick, I'll go check it out. And um, I did, and it was fucking awesome. And like I just I had I had a blast. Like I was just like I haven't been to a show where like I just had like a smile on my face because I was just it made me feel like like the first like hardcore show i ever went to you know yeah. like it just like i just didn't know if i was gonna get hit by a microphone yeah. or like you know like it was it was just really fun and like nyu the show is super whack like it's just like a student center it's uh-huh. not, not cool in any way at all so like it was a pretty wild show for like you know being in the student center and stuff um and so uh just said hey what's up i'm friends with jimmy and chris athwell yeah. and you know we just started hanging out and, like i i like 
I didn't like have a place to live when I moved out there. I was just like <laughs> staying at this like girl's cousin's house and like like I, I rented a couch for like a hundred dollars a week or something like that. <laughs> really? Yeah, like you can do that. Yeah, yeah. And like but then but then what happened is then like like that the dude who actually lived in the place like came home and was like, What the fuck? You're out now and so like I had to just move out like one day's notice. Yeah. And I was like walking around the village. I was like I didn't know anybody I didn't have anywhere to go. And um Hisham used to work at this like used clothing store and uh, I stopped in there and I was just like, Oh yeah, I don't have a place to stay. He's like, Oh, you can stay at my place and um and so Bjorn lived there and it was like this big loft in, in Brooklyn. Yeah. And um and so they let me stay like that night and I just stayed there for like six months or I'd something. I'd like been that. there once. I don't know what the locust was doing, but I remember going there in the morning and to I don't know what it was. You weird. walked in through a garage and then there was the Yeah. Big tiger painted on yeah. the wall. Uh I don't know. I don't remember that, but I do remember just going there once. Yeah, I wonder what that We've lucked into that. And so Aaron showed, we met him, and then like a couple days later, he showed up with a shopping cart with all of his shit. Oh, yeah. And then our old bass player quit. He and quit because it was joined. like, he quit because like, he hated the violent thing, right? Or was that what? No, it, was? it mostly just was like, didn't want to leave this lady. Uh, um, and didn't, I think he was happier when he's just like painting uh-huh. all day. Um, so I remember the last tour we did with him, he was just like, I miss <laughs> He was just like sad and lonely the yeah. whole time. And then I think he missed a couple practices. And so we had a call with him. And then Aaron joined basically within like five minutes yeah. of that. He was just sort <laughs> yeah. of like, I wouldn't mind. I could, I, could, I could maybe play bass on a couple of these things. <laughs> so it just happened yeah. super effortlessly and then the fact that he kind of that we had already met you and he already knew Sonny and like there was and knew Chris and how did how did you guys know like Chris and and, and I mean you obviously we you know you knew him but like how did you guys know those guys and like Jimmy Hay we knew Jimmy because of Tristeza oh yeah we played a show with Tristeza oh, in yeah. DC he, he was he with played some something in that. he played bass in it for a minute I think yeah, right? yeah. yeah and I, it was we, a weird fucking show yeah. I don't think he was getting along with the band at the time Classic. and I feel yeah. like <laughs> yeah. and he kind of took a shine to us and and then I think the so we met him there it was Jimmy like, Hay was kind of like a Mario Room Cabo too you're like oh you can do all these instruments and you just yeah. rip it everything yeah like, without a doubt yeah, yeah exactly yeah. well he basically I think <laughs> I think we had only hung out with him that one time and then the next time we came out here I remember if you remember we like drank all this cough syrup oh yeah and you barfed that was jimmy that was not us that was like we drank a bunch of delta this is a good story it was it's the the house it's funny because there's a book written about that house called locust house which is kind of weird because it wasn't really i was i think i was the only person other people in locust did live in there but it wasn't really like the locust house but whatever so but it's funny because jimmy hay was dating my roommate and 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 I think he he like passed out at her door and and barfed uh, uh, whatever that what were you guys it was like it was Delsum. yeah that so was... he barfed and it like went under the door <laughs> so his, so his ex just like opens the door and there's like barf and Jimmy and like you guys <laughs> well it just seemed like a bad idea in you retrospect barfed, everything right? about Everybody it was, barfed. I barfed <laughs> I was up the whole night and I remember like it took it felt like it took like an hour to get down the hallway yeah to the bathroom because yeah. there was a lot of just sort of like <laughs> yeah. bracing and stuff I was convinced that Eric was dead 
The... That's right. You woke me up like every five. Yeah, that's true. You okay? <laughs> and then Jimmy had. That was the thing. He's like, I heard you guys like Robitussin. So we're just like, I guess so. Yeah, we do. And and so we drove him to a pharmacy. I'm guessing he just went in and grabbed everything. I don't think it was. He shelled out sixty dollars for cost. Yeah. Uh, but I just remember being at that house and not. I was like, I know JP, but I don't know yeah. any of these other dudes. No we're one the, gave a shit. We were the except only ones that weren't like in black and white. Yeah. Also, like yeah. that, like we would come here and we'd be in colors. Yeah. And but I remember Jimmy, just, I remember hearing him puking in the middle of the night and just being like, this guy seemed pretty nice, but yeah. there's no way I can even get my ass up to check. Yeah. Roll this guy over. But I, just, I do remember where he was like curled up like in front of Christine or Christine. Yeah, Christine, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember he had puke in his hair. And then yeah. he rolled with us because we were still tripping the next. So I Jimmy, still like Jimmy Hay, I mean, I don't think you knew him, but mm-hmm. he was a fucking weird one. I, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's even weirder now, but he was so <laughs> weird. Like he would shave his entire body and he didn't live in my house. He lived downstairs, but he'd come into my fucking bathroom and be in there for hours shaving everything. Dude, long showers. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, he lived in New York uh, when like the rapture came out. Oh, yeah. And because like I was staying at their place and then and then they started staying there, too. And like, uh, yeah, he'd be, we'd be like, all right, let's go out. Like, you know, and we'd be like, have some plans or whatever. And like, dude, like an hour well, the, and a half. The, that shower. shower was also in the kitchen, basically, too. So it's sort of, you're just sitting there. Just like, everything. Just, just go, dude. Like, get out of my bathroom. But, it, but I do remember when he was with Tristeza, they, they played in, in Berkeley with, I don't think they played with the Locust, but we were up there. And I just remember seeing, they were supposed to pl- go on. And like, I don't know what drug he did. And, and maybe maybe <laughs> you guys would know. I wish I knew what drug he was on. So like, this is fucking hilarious because he couldn't get across the street and he was crawling and there was like cars honking at him. And he's like, help! And like, just fucking stand up and walk, dude. It's like two lane, two lane street, you know? And I was like, good luck playing bass in a fucking, I mean, that music was pretty complicated, you know? Like, I was like, good luck. You can't even walk across the fucking two lanes of the street. That's awesome. But that's Jimmy yeah. A. We, we, yeah, he's DJing tomorrow night. I'm yeah, so I saw, yeah. yeah it's, it's he's still around. Yeah, he he no. transcended and went, like, no. he got all, like, woo-woo in and, 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 and a cool, weird yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, no, but, he's, uh, he's very taking a proactive stance on some of his... Yeah. Yeah. His stuff, but he was definitely one of the first kind of West Coast people that took a shine to us, and then yeah. we got along with really well. And then you guys mentioned the Rapture, which I completely forgot about because there was like a, a, a link between, like, I mean, they you guys knew all the Rapture guys, and then they were, you know, Luke was from San Diego. Yeah, I yeah, played with Luke. the calculators a bunch of times. Which, which who, who from was that? Luke was in. Luke, were both Luke, and, Luke and Vita. They're in the calculators, or were they in from LA? Carpet. Well, carpet. carpet. Oh yeah, maybe they're not in the calculators. Carpet maybe, was a maybe great. I'm, that's a great maybe I'm That's some serious sure. '90s shit, right there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like. Yeah. No, it was a calculator. Is that right? Am I right? I'm sure there's a band called the Calculator. Sure there, there is. No, no, yeah. there is. Yeah. I'm just now. I'm not. Now I'm questioning if they're in that band or not. Well, and then either way, yeah, like. Um, I think so. Fuck! I don't think the calculators was, but but um, the Rapture had the GS or the gravity. Yeah. Maybe and the GSL link too. I think the only thing. No, that's LA. I think we didn't know them when they moved out to the west to the east coast. Like we knew Jimmy, he was playing drums. We had a show booked with them in Providence. So Jimmy Hay was in the Rapture too. Yeah, he was playing bass. But he was Damn. in the Rapture. Playing bass. Huh. Yeah. What did I say? Drums. Yeah. Um. It's so like, then those guys just as 
just ended up staying. There's a lot of bands that I don't think had places to stay when they came to New York and ended up crashing. Yeah. There, because I think... It's rough there. Chick, chick, you don't live like chick, fucking yeah. roaches, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, you can sleep in that corner. Well, yeah. I don't know how kids do it now. At least that place was big enough that you could have, like, a band staying in one half of the apartment and it wasn't going to be a total... It wouldn't fuck up everyone's life yeah. if there. Yeah. But... So, yeah, that, that was how we met met those those dudes although never had any musical um there we was played, no... we played some shows <clears throat> oh we played lots of shows yeah, we yeah. Did, like a tour but it, that was just because we were friends i would say that was more because of friends than feeling like we were on the same page oh yeah but then that was also yeah. like why we like got on got DFA. on dfa because they were working at dfa already but your dfa stuff what correct me if i'm wrong it was like the it was like a depart you departed from hardcore it was like not as abrasive right yeah. yeah, it was a really abrasive live. I mean, I think some of the recordings make it sound like it was super. Can we talk about how you guys go about doing all that shit? Because I remember, um, I mean, seeing you guys play was awesome, and and trying to figure out how you um, re recreate the album. And then I remember, for whatever reason, you guys had a rehearsal space at Downtown Rehearsal in LA. Oh yeah, for a little bit. We yeah, did that. and. With with retox wasn't yeah, but you never were there, and I was but, never there either. Because yeah, we but you got us the spot, I think. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, I remember going like... in. Into the, we had rehearsal once, and I remember all of your gear being there. And I, 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 I probably am imagining this wrong. I feel like it was like in a box that said, or maybe someone told me that it was black dice. But it, it was like this box of just like tons of pedals and it was just looked like a fucking disaster and I was like what how do they use all this shit man this is crazy like the more most pedals I've ever seen in a box and it looked all fucked up and like I don't know all of our gear is not we can't resell any piece of equipment that that's we so use. cool though. they just get covered with shit and tape residue and broken knobs and but that's what you should it says you're doing you're you're doing it justice right I think Eric and I could step up the, the investing in ourselves part of life we don't buy ourselves anything I don't think, I don't think we've bought a piece of gear for like 20 years that's like, so cool at all. Eric the other like two weeks before you came out he's like oh yeah so I pawned my mixer no I didn't yeah. <laughs> that makes me sound bad I left it you, said, you straight up said you pawned it and I was like how much can you get for a fucking 10 year old Mackie mixer half the knobs it. broken with a yeah, missing, missing foundation sticker on the, the front of it like the I mean, you couldn't even trade that for a bag of weed to, like, the I most didn't. down and out. I, didn't. I just didn't. I couldn't, I couldn't pack it in like I was taking an airplane. It was too heavy. I had to choose wisely. Eric complains if he has to bring anything on. Just, just right now. Just right now. Well, what kind of gear do you use, then? A mixer. <laughs> That's honestly, like, now I have a sampler, like, one of those 404s. And I have this kind of shitty uh, rack mount delay that there's something in the wiring that I like. Like you can't, it, you'll never be able to find the same thing again. I, you know, it's. I've tried it with like the <clears throat> pedal version, and it doesn't do the same. Like if I do fit, mixer feedback, it gives it like this different tone than if I u I've used other things. So unfortunately, I'm sort of wed to that, which is the biggest pain in the ass because it is just like a big old like late mid '90s maybe. Uh -huh. I also think anytime we've taken the initiative and we're just like, I'm just gonna have someone build me exactly what I want. Yeah it fucking backfires in the end. Like, it doesn't work, or, like, Aaron had this road case built that, like, in his mind was, like, this perfect thing. It's just, you just put it on the keyboard, so you open it up, everything's years. plugged in, yeah. power amp is right here. Yeah. Years in the making. It never works. It contracted just, this It weighed, like, 80 pounds, but only uh, the weight was all on one side, so uh -huh. you try to pick it up with somebody else, 
and it yeah, just would like you. rip your fucking hand <laughs> off basically and i think the first time we tried to take it anywhere was to europe yeah so got, got to the airport and they were just like this is gonna be like 150 dollars to get this because you're not using a bass anymore huh Oh yeah. no, haven't for a long time. Yeah. yeah. But you still you still have a guitar? Is that the only like I just got a new one. I've been I sold all my guitars a long time ago. So it's and guitar then... and then just all like effects and, and, and... guitars, a couple samplers, mixer feedback, microphones. vocals. It's really like it's dumbed down. Yeah. In I mean when I when we see friends setups, the, the what we have is so primitive. But it's what we know how to use, and I mean, and again, it's like mostly what has been gifted. I kind of miss using <clears throat> the electronics. I feel like I feel like most of the time it's to get it really tight. You know, uh-huh. it's like you have a drum machine and it never loses the the BPM or whatever. I don't think we use electronics though. No, like, yeah. I feel like we're kind of like cobbling everything together. Yeah, everything's synced up in theory, but it's like you're triggering everything manually. So and, and so does it change like from night to night? There's a we'll lot. See. Yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, yeah, it changes from every time. Every time we play it, yeah. it does not. It, it's like it's like we took like the session of the song and just like farmed out all these little bits and pieces to everyone. And it's like you play the bass and I'll play the drums on this like loop, you know. Oh, it's yeah. like no one does that, you yeah. know, because it's like dumb, you know. But it's but it's also because it's kind of fun because it's like it's so hard to do, you know. And so it's well, like it, it feels like you're playing a bass still, you know. Yeah. Because because you can fuck up and it sounds wrong, you know. What oh. I mean. Because like a lot of times when you're playing like sequence music, you do, you can't ever fuck up. Oh yeah, you're just hitting play. Yeah, know? wow. I mean, Luke does that. He uses two of the NPCs, and it's kind of yeah. people get pretty psyched the fact that he has two. But it but it is funny. Like if he gets a little drunk, it's like oh you're kind of fucking up. I feel like it's amazing how different everyone's approach is to using mm. NPCs. Like because I I have no understanding really of how. I, mean, I know what they can do, but I feel like get used to how Aaron goes about making music or his contributions for the band. And then you'll watch some like YouTube tutorial with some like twelve year old mm-hmm. hip hop kid who is just like, Oh, it's easy, you just gotta do this and <laughs> yeah. or I guess there'd been all those Jay Dilla ones about how he But yeah, he's the master of the, the non quantize. But it's like how you said uh you would think, in theory, that everything is going to sync up and everything's going to go perfect, but Never. It's, if I hit the wrong, <laughs> it fucks the whole song up. I, I have yeah. a problem on, I don't use that, but, like, you can link the internal effects to, like, multiple pads on mine, mm-hmm. but if you pick the wrong one that's, like, slightly longer, it changes the rate, so it yeah. kind of makes it shitty for both, like, what you're using, what you're trying to use, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh. And when you're in there, you can't. Hold on. Someone recently, or the other day, was kept turning the trip in the fuse uh, for our room when we were practicing. We have yeah. we're having neighbor problems, and uh, just having to sit there and wait for the thing to reload because you didn't shut it down properly. Is yeah, fucking yeah. annoying. That the first time I ever got uh, watched a band. Exp- go through that like experience <laughs> in some, was men's recovery project and i remember it was at oh the fucking library hunting beach library uh-huh. and a friend of mine i won't na- name her name she walked by and unplugged neil's stuff nice. and they couldn't reboot it or whatever i don't know exactly <laughs> oh, what he was dude. playing through oh my God. so I, there's a video of it on youtube it's great and he's like fuck it 
traditional hardcore band, you know, and they played like their their other set, you know, like the Gravity set, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, which I which everybody was psyched on, regardless. But it was like, what? How did that happen? Just because it got unplugged, they can't play any of their shit. Well, there was like know? a a real adjustment period where people had to. I think I always had the incorrect assumption that like anybody that was using computers or samplers or any of these things that that it was somehow like a cheat unless you're a dj yeah but then once you start fucking with the stuff you realize like there's like a total skill set to doing these things it's not just sort of like a brainless band member that you lug in and out but unless you're steve aoki Dude, that guy can perform with pies and surfboards and <laughs> all kinds of shit. He never misses a beat. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean that stuff. It. I mean, I have. I think I have a different sympathy for anybody playing music uh-huh. at the moment. I mean, I felt like when, like old bands that are still plugging away, like maybe ten years ago, I would have just been like, "What's the point? Yeah. You guys suck." <laughs> now I'm just sort of like, well, whatever. It's their life, and you like if that's they're trying what, something. Yeah, and if yeah. that's what gets you off is yeah. playing, then I, I I support that. Or like watching bands completely tank because of like a power yeah thing. I mean, I think in the past I would have had a dick attitude. The last time I saw you guys play was at that Eagle Rock Center. I forgot. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were having NPC problems yeah. with that. Yeah, but I remember like one. We were. I yeah. remember you guys getting pissed at your cell or the set but i was like let me just i want to just get up there and look at everything what the fuck's happening you know i just <laughs> but I, you know i, I just want to like wrap my head around it so i'm excited to see you guys play it's just stealing little bits what stealing little bits off of youtube <laughs> pitching them down or pitching oh, yeah. them up <laughs> hit and play at the right time so, that sounds familiar yeah. <laughs> dude youtube has changed the game as far as you can get any kind of sound yeah anything yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good sound library to be sure. It might explain funky our, drum. Yep, <laughs> I like funky bass synth parts <laughs> where you just go to some dude who lives with his mom. She just he just makes tutorials on this oh, stuff, yeah. and you can just be like, "That sounds pretty good." Yeah, that bass hear echo in his room. Yeah, like, oh, I'll take it. <laughs> no, it's fucking great for that. But that was that was thirteen years ago, or no. That was in 2013, I think. Was the, was that the last time we played L.A.? Like, no, on we tour? Played, we played L.A. seven years ago. Well, well I mean... But no. that was the last time in the van. Yeah, when we were in New York. Yeah, sure. Because, I mean, I still have photos of you and I up on that. That was the one where we got all those... That covered in the fungus. <laughs> oh, the tour? Yeah. Because yeah. I remember... Eric and I got this fungus that just was mean i don't know what covered the entire body it spelled out eric's initials across his chest like just these mutant like fungi fungi letters it's happened twice to me <clears throat> but i remember one time on my leg also it was some fun or that was ringworm and it said eac what yeah. the hell didn't feel right the second time felt <laughs> more wrong <laughs> i was just like mm-hmm. well you've had the fungus twice and it spelled out your initials on you yeah That's but not a- not like a unclearly like it was and, and e is pretty specific you know yeah, yeah, A, yeah, C. yeah. it was all happening what the fuck i, I remember looking at comparing them on the roof of of the eagle rock place oh yeah so this was your first show then tonight yeah dude i mean it's like uh aaron and i i mean eric's played a ton of shows solo oh and yeah then aaron and i played a handful of shows just 
the two of us, but this is... The last Black Dice show was in, like, 2018, probably. Oh, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, we played at PS1 in New York, and we played in L.A., and um, and that's, like, when we, you know, we were working on the record at that time. I mean, we've been writing the tunes very slowly, you know, for a number of years now, you know, collecting the material, and just, you know, us not living in the same city has just slowed things down sure. a lot. And so what do you guys think, like... I don't know like what would you do like how how do I say this like what's Black Dice now I mean it's, it's still the same but like is it another are you guys going in like another direction or it's just two middle aged dicks yeah. just trying <laughs> to hold it together yeah. I think it's a way more casual approach personally like I just want it to I just want us to get through it the way we know how I don't have any expectations like yeah about yeah. Yeah, but what were our expect? Are your expectations in the back in the day? You know, I don't think I ever had any. I was just like, as yeah, long as we, you yeah. want like good shows. That's a realistic expectation. You're like, I want people to show up. I want to get paid pretty well. I'd love to have like not douchebags at the show. Well, you yeah, know, like there's a backstage. Yeah, like a, a, have it feel like a rad party. You know, like yeah. those. I feel like felt important. Now I'm just like, I just hope we get to the show <laughs> hope it wraps early hope everything just... turns on and yeah. oh it's an early one yeah. I feel like the reviews for this record basically could be applied to any other record we did like people still write about it like it's the weirdest sounding music they've ever heard and cool at this point I don't really see how that's possible we've been doing basically the same thing yeah, and we were listening to the radio on the way down. It was strange music. Well, yeah. that was because that one song was cutting out the whole time. So it just strange. sounded like this really abstract <laughs> electronic beat. But that, that Sammy Hagar song was strange. <laughs> yeah, Moss Tequila, do you know that? Oh, no. So yeah. fucking, it was so what? long. Wait, why were you guys listening to that? We just have the radio. I don't know. We had, yeah, yeah. I had listened to the radio for a long ass <laughs> yeah. time. So it was, it was, it was a trip. Okay. But then we heard No Doubt. Sublime. Yeah, we heard Lana God, Del Rey. You guys were listening Lana to the wrong fucking Sublime station. We man. wanted to get get the pulse of San Diego. Well, so well we figured. Can I just say fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> Is no doubt from San Diego? Orange County. Yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah. They're definitely like Anaheim or something or I don't know what. That's where Chain Reaction is, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but they saw some shows at Chain Reaction. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I'm playing really? there tomorrow. I oh, saw really? that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, that's killer. I haven't played there in, I don't even know how long. Like, it's been quite a while. It's crazy how many places are still around that. They they were, like, gone, and now they're back somehow. Which... Is it the same space? Yeah, I think oh, so. Well. Yeah. But they did a lot. Don't they do kind of, like, a lot of, like, emo? Probably. Sort of. That's, like, the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the the emo like thing that. was just sort of, like, the worst part of the 90s yeah. I feel like and that probably both of our bands got stuck playing with occasionally oh where you're just way like, too occasionally yeah where you're like, this <laughs> sucks like this is the worst shit this guy's crying on stage yeah. doesn't need a mic cause he can scream so passionately without Dude. it that sort of shit was we I think we both played shows with those kind of bands like together they like, were never psyched on us like why sure. were they playing with Black Dice and the Locust that's not it's not fair to us. <laughs> Who was the band from Phoenix that was really Sia Cortez when we played with those dudes? It was before my time, but I, I, I also Sia played Cortez. with those. That was sort of like yeah. maybe that's not super emo-y, but it seemed like there was a lot of 
like kind of mathy with like a lot of big emotional peaks yeah. and valleys. Even just a little tiny bit of emo seems like a lot of emo. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit goes a long it's way. A potent flavor. Yeah, but it's kind of weird because then there's like the term screamo, and I fucking cringe at that shit. And I'm, yeah, that and one's I, cringy. I I mean those. I, I guess bands that I was in fits into that category. I'm like, what the fuck? When we were doing that, it didn't exist. But like Aaron Montaigne, he just embraces that term and like calls everything screamo. And I'm like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're never going to hear me say like, yeah, I'm a, I was in a screamo band. Like he'll just say he was in, he said like Antioch Arrow was like screamo. Dude, I would never say that. That's that, I mean, I would never say that about Antioch Arrow. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. I get why. <laughs> uh, but, but, like, just because, like, they're so beyond that. You yeah. Know, they're so weird. Yeah. They're such a... just. I mean, I think that, like, that probably was a starting point to where it mutated, you know, unfortunately mutated to, like, that kind of music. Well, I think traced. a lot of people, when they started out in sort of hardcore or, in, like, within the hardcore scene, even though their tastes were expanding... Like and you, you knew that there were these bands that were not listening to hardcore music, but they were still playing those sorts of shows. Felt like it took a while to like fully break out of, out of like all the trappings of hardcore stuff. You know what I mean? So you had bands that were essentially hardcore bands, but there would be some little tweak to it that made it seem a little more fucked. Like that band, uh, Total Shutdown. A Total Shutdown. Uh, uh, this is the go. one from Good Band down sure. here. Go go go. Go go go. Like Go 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 Earhart seemed like that kind of band where it's like you could tell they're listening to Can and Yeah. Uh This Heat and all this sort of stuff, but that <clears> it still feels like it's being made by hardcore. It just took long to break out of it. Yeah. If you did it too fast, you wouldn't be able to get a show anywhere. <laughs> um, I mean it's it's totally true. Uh huh. Felt like we would have changed faster. That you would have wanted respect. to, or like at the time you would, you thought about it, but you had. Well, to compared kinda... to those bands that we mentioned from Providence, I felt like kind of square by uh. comparison. Like I mean, those were all dudes who had been in bands for a long ass. And they, time, and they were like so. already doing weird shit. Right yeah, away. they were like effortlessly doing weird stuff, and yeah. I was not able to play music well enough to do. Like it would have felt like cheating to. I didn't know how to play well enough to make the decision to yeah. play. Well, I, I always tripped out like on that Providence side of things, like where I would see Drop Dead and Airborn Radar, who liked each other a lot and were friends and played a lot. And you're like, and Drop Dead's like a classical, like classic traditional, you know, yeah. hardcore. And then Airborn Radar was like the most fucked up thing ever. And 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 it was like it made sense for them. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. So you can be weird or normal or whatever you want to call yeah. it, and and be. I don't want to say the word successful, but like, you know, like function and, and have people like you uh, or enjoy you, you know? Well, I think also in a smaller town, maybe that's like more possible because you don't, there's not like such a massive music community. Mm -hmm. Which, which, which is a lot like really... San Diego because we could do whatever we wanted here. Yeah. I watched that San Diego documentary pretty recently. Uh, it's going to blow. I think that's yeah. what it's called. Which is which is cool too, but also and and that guy is my the director is a friend of mine. And I and I think it's a good film, but but it is really like it is really like rocking the crypt, John Reese kind of. But like you know they're like oh Gravity Records and then they're gone. And you're like no, like we should really do yeah, the whole. I thought that would be like tw thirty minutes. Of the world it is waiting be, for that documentary. The Gravity Records. Yeah, one. yeah. I mean, dude, I watched the heck is, out of that. Is Matt still in San Diego? Yeah, I figured maybe you got. We guys would hit him up or something. I haven't talked with uh, him in I'll, years. The only time I think I met him, he was super nice. But he wanted to come out to Providence to record us when he was like, I want to do a, the record. 
aka a seven inch yeah and he's like i want to come out record you guys but i've just heard so many stories that were it seemed like maybe he was in a complicated life place at the moment oh so, you mean with drugs yeah, yeah yeah so it just sort of seemed like yeah. maybe it's better to get somebody local to record us and it was, <laughs> yeah. you know, with them, yeah. at the time it was just sort of like it's like i heard about that dude he did this he did this you know the oh some of that's that's true i i kind of felt yeah. like it i don't really know who listens to this so i don't want <laughs> yeah. to really call out everybody i think everybody's fine that like it, maybe they've come to terms with it you know yeah but um are you talking about the brett frost story is that the one where there's like a yeah the shotgun yeah yeah broken knee caps and all that yeah that's a real story that was the that was the one where it's like i don't know if i want this dude to stay with me yeah. i also didn't want him to realize that i couldn't play guitar like if the guy who's playing the record out came out and saw that it took me like three hours to go like do three chords then he might withdraw his his offer so that was the other one where i was like i don't want this dude kneecap of my brother or, uh, and then I don't want him to realize that like well if you don't steal his heroin you won't kneecap anybody but there's that that's true I always forget that but it's, it is kind of funny because Gravity or Matt and that world had its um, you know stories and, and so did you guys so that's fine it's kind of funny that like it all half of it's always true I mean there's always like even like the Mike Crane stories, you know, like that fucking guy, he he hit me up when I, like we were gonna do a festival of dead deer record, and he's like, he called me, he's like, I need five hundred bucks. We're at the studio right now, like recording, and I was like, what? And then this is like, I mean, I was maybe twenty two, and I was like, five hundred dollars, like, I mean, okay, but that's a lot of money, you know. And then for you to smoke. a few minutes later, you know, yeah, Chris Apple's like. You, you talked to Mike lately? And I'm like, yeah, you just said you guys were recording. And he's like, he fucking stole all our gear and pawned it and left the Michigan and this and that. And like, you know, well, it was all, you know, I was like, oh, I didn't send him any money. But it's just crazy that like <laughs> someone that I was friends with was trying to dupe me for 500 bucks to go shoot dope, you know, or buy dope. So, yeah. yeah luckily, <laughs> we were grateful that, or grateful, we didn't have I, any of those. I'm, I'm grateful that like folks have made it through that, you know. No like, shit. It's fucking awesome to see Mike now, you yeah, know, and yeah. just be like, dude, I didn't think like he was gonna make it you yeah, know or yeah. like jason from Tari yeah. did not think that dude was gonna make it but like he's just like a solid dude yeah. you know like living his life yep it's, it's totally it's a it's a nice it's nice to see that but all you guys when you were at that MacArthur park place i thought i mean i was <laughs> i was weird but like i was like you guys are all gonna die <laughs> for many different reasons you know i didn't know that place was MacArthur park Oh, dude, it was so sketchy. So, so sketchy down there. I mean, I wouldn't... It's fucking scummy as shit there now. It's funny, because there was the, the fashion... Um, oh, yeah. Like, you know, know. The, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's Otis. The Otis, yeah. Yeah, it was so wild, because when I lived there, you know, because I had gone to some college, but I was dropped out at that time, and I would see the art students walking around, and yeah. I'd be like, I wish I could be friends with these yeah. people, because they seem so cool. Yeah. And, but there's, like, no... They weren't that cool, though, I don't think. Well, there's just no community there. Uh, you, like, you can't just be, like, a person on the street and, like, you know, make friends with something. Like, it's just... There was no overlap whatsoever. Where do you think, like... Where do you... Because I, I don't know where you felt you fit in at, at the, when you were, like, you know, on the other... Like, when you were, like, more of a hardcore band. Like, but now, where do you fit in? Like, who are your comrades musically or... or um. I think musically our comrades now are just fuckers we've known like for 20 plus years. I mean, most of our best, 
our closest musical allies are over 20 years old at this point i mean yeah i don't need to i don't need to like it i just want the support and vice versa i like i don't i don't i'd rather have somebody do what they want to do as a as a friend and i'll support that i'll I'll show up at the fucking show but But what about that's a good a good point because i don't remember who we had on our one of our previous podcasts but we were saying that like like I would like your band, and I liked your band before I met you guys. But after we became friends, I'm like, I really like the band now. And I, so it, you know, it like strengthens that. You know, I mean, I I do think like, I I don't think I mean, it's I like guess a I, restaurant. It's like I don't have to love my friend's restaurant, but sometimes you gotta throw some money their way or a bar or something. Like, yeah. Like I don't really want to go to a bar, honestly. Like I'd rather sit on a rooftop or whatever but yeah but if i'm gonna spend my money and i'm gonna spend my like emotions somewhere i kind of choose that way now and i I, you know not every place is the best not every band is the best and i don't think we have any you know like place in the record store with a bunch of other people yeah i I guess that's kind of we haven't fit in very well anywhere but those are the best bands yes i'm like maybe like the like the, the like big failures i feel like you know like the, like a faust or something where it's like their perseverance has made them successful but like because we i mean we were kind of weird we had like the ability to spend money that wasn't ours and wasn't like to make records and tour and stuff yeah yeah i mean it's you know we've had opportunities that are surprising in hindsight that somebody would trust us or 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 even want to invest knowing what we can provide in return you know yeah. yourself every, included actually yeah. fuck man you spent yeah that was an that, expensive single yeah that single i feel like took especially oh, that at was, that time was like it seemed like a ton of this the one on money the and work one, but and, it, it was okay so it never it made was any time money, right it was a lot of no we never broke even ever but the, the point is <laughs> the point was like i loved you guys and i was like let's do a record and and i'll and i'll do whatever you want and then you had I don't know how we came up with the idea, but it was basically like this, those like kids books with Star yeah. Wars. And it was, that was the thing. It was like, this is an art project and I'm not trying to join your band, obviously, but it felt like I'm going to be part of this fucking thing. That's going to be so sick. Well, I felt like we had to come up with something cause you, 3O&G had done a lot of inventive packaging. Which we, which we were influenced by gravity though. Yeah. All the shit Matt was doing, but he had kind of like, he had his own like a, uh... We printed that whole record, your guys' whole record, where Gravity existed, like at the print shop. What like, was that place called? Custom Printing. Oh yeah, yeah, it's still there. And and Vaughn was great, the guy that that, that that does it. But but it was he was like, all right, let's do this thing. And a lot of it we kind of like we we kind of figured out like the fucking gluing of of the little flap oh, was that was the tablet. worst that was the worst part but collating <laughs> stapling like it was all set up and that, you know what I'd like buy my friends like all right everyone pizza. And, and, like, we're going to put these records together, you know? Yeah, that's like, awesome. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah, that. I just felt like the when we did the single with Matt, he was like, anything you want to do for pack? Like, yeah. I didn't, I'd never made a cover for a record before. So, like, I didn't have any, like, creative ideas. He basically was just like, how about we do this, and then I'll hit it with a That was weird. It had, those, it had the little notches in it. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> that's but, cool. But, yeah, he had a darker aesthetic overall, like uh I guess in general, um, but we—I don't know—we lucked out. People love that single too, the three one G one. I mean, it was next level. The only—the only problem I had was that, like, at that time, we were still 
like the the like what is it called like the like the the influence of of like discord and 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 ebullition where like we couldn't sell a seven inch like people are like eight bucks what yeah. the fuck and you're like it's a 40 page full color book with this cover that was glued every single one by me like just fucking give me nine bucks you know yeah. and, and it, i think we we there might be a few in our web store but i think it's it's pretty much gone now yeah. like which is which is surprising but also like um people just didn't want to pay that much for two songs i think i think we got it like when 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 we were in 2013 i think i got a box from you on tour like when we played oh yeah you still had some yeah but that was sold some yeah i mean that i mean uh, that was like the end of it and and uh, you know 31g had distribution problems and stuff but even with that like pete like we couldn't figure out how to like market it so like most distributors it would just say like seven inch and it would be listed as like this expensive seven inch and at the time <laughs> nine you know eight or nine bucks yeah in in like early 2000s people were like what the fuck and so we couldn't even get stores to take it and you're like you gotta <laughs> list it as a book too i guess you know or something what was the most expensive record you guys did <laughs> that probably was one of them but then we did that crimson curse festival dead deer square seven inch oh yeah which was like the cost of an lp cut down to a square mm. and then you had to sell it for five bucks and you're like well that sucks you know? <laughs> and then we did a locust jenny piccolo five inch picture disc which was pretty expensive i had that one too so out of out of all of i mean now i can't do that anymore i mean we do like cool packaging and stuff we actually the 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 designer that um that 31g works with for most of our stuff now um this guy brandon mcmahon ha has done the craziest shit to the Def Club 7-inch, but it's kind of like silk screening on a one-sided 7-inch. Uh -huh. But he has this this printer that... Um, I mean, so he would... You know, it's clear he'd print the lyrics and then he'd print, print white and then he'd, then he'd print the, like, image. But the, the printing on it was done by this machine. And so when you when you look at it, there's, like, texture and, 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 and you can see the image. I don't know. It's weird. Like, you... Like, when you see it, you want to put it on your wall. You know, you're like, huh. this is fucking not something you listen to this is some weird shit that you that you would that like. sounds awesome but again it's like it's a seven inch you can't sell it for more than 10 bucks well, now. now now you can now, I mean, now yeah. you can sell anything now when you're anything. like a, a new hardcore band it was like i'm not buying this shit you know like whatever I mean, shit what people pay for records now is yeah but if you're cool people yeah. will pay a lot for it but if you're not like no one i'm not cool and no one knew that it was like a cool band we definitely ain't moving units either so <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> yeah that's why we always fun. like always stick together <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but i mean there's some people i guess uh, everyone's been doing this long enough that you have certain friends that seem like they took one route and other you know for me the wolf eyes guys seem like they never strayed away from this sort of like we just make a bunch of these and then sell them and there's a market for this shit you know like people will pay thirty dollars for a cassette that you glue the fucking shoe to and then spray paint it on top of and stuff yeah. but i don't know how did you just come many. up with that or did they do that i think that actually was maybe carolina had i think i had a carolina rainbow record that had like a shoe mm. glued it was to like it. a pizza box with like a shoe uh -huh. glued to but like wolf eyes was a weird one because it's like how did you get it in, onto sub pop like what the fuck how did that happen? i don't know how that happened that yeah. was great though that but like brutal Did. noise music, like yeah. pretty mean sounding shit, you know. Well, I think after September 11th, like people were all of a sudden open to more left of center 
we played Coachella yeah. with uh, the Locust played Coachella right after them, and I remember watching them play Wolf Eyes, and it was like it was almost like watching like a like I was like in Mad Max or something, you know? It was just like fucking apocalyptic, and there was like all this dirt and bunch of know. dudes, it bunch just, of dudes in the <laughs> dirt <laughs> yeah. at Coachella when it was like still kind of decent, I guess. We never got we never played there. Um, we did projections for Animal Collective at that point. But yeah, I mean, they to me, they don't seem like they ever tried to stray. For us, I feel like there was periods where we were getting enough attention media-wise and getting asked to play like sort of more and more mainstream music festivals and things like that. That I think on some weird level, we thought like, I don't know, I guess I thought that certain things that happened for other <coughs> friends like who became independently wealthy from their bands uh-huh. like the, it almost seemed like possible for like this short moment and then so you mean like stray but not artistically stray just stray as far as like your options and and as a as like a career i guess i don't know it seemed like we were all of a sudden having opportunities that most people that played music that was as fucked up as ours did not get whether that was just because we were in new york and mm-hmm. friends with the right people or what it was but there did seem like there was this moment where it seemed like it made sense that something like Wolf Eyes or Us would be eventually playing on like Letterman yeah. or playing like a big festival <laughs> yeah I mean it sounds ridiculous to say but now that... but at the time like I was just like well I don't know everybody else is sort of doing this like this will probably happen and we don't it became easy to lose sight of how fucked up the music was uh-huh I, I think like maybe since the 70s and I, correct i mean i might be wrong here but i feel like in the 70s and to up till now there was always like those bands that kind of were like whoa i mean starting with like looking at the sex pistols you know i mean now obviously it's pretty it sounds like a pop band yes. but in the 70s people are probably like this is the most fucked up thing and they're yeah. huge and they're known all over the world and making a lot of money you know or what, whatever so like and then you know, the 80s was full of it, too. Like, how to, you know, like, but then with within our communities, like, it seemed like some of our friends were getting these, they're winning the lottery, you know, and you're like, that's cool. Like, but not everyone gets to win it. No, but now I just sort of, I'm like, you're lucky if you get to play. And the friends of ours that actually did make those big advances, like, career-wise, when I listen to what they do musically, I'm just like, oh, that's why. They're, like, really good at writing catchy songs that people like the lyrics to or yeah like all the things that we never would put any effort into to do <laughs> at all like trying to make it make you feel good or but that's your art and that's i mean art's subjective yeah i think i mean 100 percent. i just i don't like... always want to feel good like i don't want to fucking put on shit that makes you i mean but you know it's funny though when i when i listen to a lot of the black dice stuff the, the more the more recent stuff i i i feel good when i hear it at least someone did. <laughs> some real darkness informing. Yeah, I, actually, some of I don't think we're that weird of a band musically. I mean, I'm so close to it, I have no perspective, but there are times I'm like, I guess this new record had reviews of one or two I read, and I was just like, really? I mean, when I listen to any, like, I was listening to this thing called Pink Dalla. Have you ever heard this? Uh-uh. I think it's, con- it's considered like gr- female bedroom hip hop, I guess. And I was just like, I don't understand a fucking. What's the thing. bedroom part I have to do? I think it's just a record in their house. Oh. Like it's not a big studio thing. But it was like the way they approached it was more like, um, like bounce, like that New Orleans bounce stuff, where uh-huh. it was like, 
it was hip-hop but it would just be like this one thing and then it would change to this other big chunk and it had nothing to do with songwriting uh-huh. like in a traditional sense and i was like this seems weird to me but i guess because it's popular it's not weird you yeah know? and that's well it's like mumble rap or like soundcloud rap yeah mm-hmm. they just seem like i mean no offense is to that those like artists. little peep i don't know if he's part of that i'm sure Anybody uh, now with Lil in front of me? Yeah, <laughs> it is like the little thing. Yeah. But it just felt like la- lazy kind of, or like ju- junky, which, but it's funny because I, you know, Brett Garowitz, um, the owner of Epitaph. Um, I don't think I've met him by now. I mean, okay, well, he was in Bad Religion and, you know, all the stuff and whatever. And mm-hmm. like him and I had this conversation where he was like, we had, we met up at a, we had a meeting and he only wanted to talk about sound, like mumble rap. And I was like, what the fuck? why <laughs> and so I was like dude you gotta explain to me because like this is a guy that was in Bad Religion you know he like likes a lot of cool music but also likes a lot of bad music And but but bad like as like Rancid Bad or yeah. The Offspring Bad which you know they put out those bands so I'm like why do you like this stuff and he's like he, he really honestly felt like it was a modern day version of what punk rock was in the 80s like it was so fucked up and and everyone had like shitty tattoos on their faces and and like you know like it was a thing it's like this is like you identified it was like a mohawk doesn't work anymore okay i'm gonna fuck my face up and i'm gonna do this noise um yeah mumble rap something not really musical like you think about like darby crash it's like almost identical to darby crash you know like and I love the I love the germs, but you know, saying like he couldn't sing, he didn't really perform very well. He looked, he was a mess, and so yeah. like, oh yeah, so that makes sense. So maybe that is what maybe we just maybe it's, this is a product, or like this is the effect of us being older. You know, I think everybody wants to believe that the older they get, they're going to still be open minded and mm-hmm. receptive to everything. Yeah, I just don't think that that happens. There you have it. That was episode seventeen of the Colton Culture Podcast. Uh, be sure to check out Black Dice and pick up their new album that just came out, Mod Prod Sick, on 4-4 Records, out now. Be sure to check out our previous episodes available on all streaming platforms. Colton Culture is proudly sponsored by Earthquaker Devices. Planet, Planet B. B.